Zone, a Star Trek podcast by ladies where we talk at great length about Star Trek very loudly. I'm Kreen. I'm Kim. I'm Ari. Oh, guys, here. <laughs> Today, we're going to talk about episode Charlie X. You know, if you wear the same paint expression every time, it loses its charm. No, I have enjoyed... Um, I believe the last one she started off by slamming the table and screaming, I love and it. I did. That's true. I That's true. love the Salt Monster episode. I unabashedly love it. It is the goofiest kind of Star Trek. Charlie X, though, man. Oh my god. Charlie X. Um, AKA the day Charlie became God. <laughs> AKA Charlie's Law. The Charlie's Law being, you better be nice to Charlie or else. So, um, we want to give a spoiler alert to everyone. We're going to be referencing all of this episode. <laughs> Nothing is sacred. Um, this episode, all of the original series, all of Star Trek, we are going to be talking about. Forever. I have some, forever and ever. I have some, I have some questions. There's basically not spoilers safe label on this entire podcast. Oh, well then feel free to skip over the last 15 seconds. So, oh, Charlie X. I feel like shaking my fist in the air and going, Charlie. <laughs> there is no more proportional response than that, Kim. It was so bad. I hated this episode <laughs> a lot. Uh, we made it watch you twice. I know. We made it, you I, watch it twice. And I then it also watch. watched you. Well, I started watching it last night at like 1130 after my guests had gone home. And I made it through about 20 minutes before I had to peace out because I hated it so much. So I got up and watched the last 40 minutes at like 6 o'clock this morning, only to show up here to record the podcast and be forced to watch it again because you guys hadn't watched it yet. My life is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I remember being really excited, like we're doing original series, we're doing first season and I was going through the episode list I'm like yeah where no man has gone before oh yeah Charlie X I really like this episode shut your face oh my Sorry, god I do what, what is wrong, wrong with you it because it is a complicated lecture on why entitled man baby behavior is socially unacceptable no 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 the message of the story is that youths are the worst that too youths youths um, oh. So we open with Kirk in what I call a very sexy green shirt number. Mm -hmm. I know, I like that. I was like, he's wearing his fancy top. That's his, like, his sexy wraparound version of the uniform? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's his, like, hey, other people. His lounge uniform. Well, I thought, well, my question was, was it his dress uniform? Like, because he was going to, like, technically greet the captain of another ship. Yeah. So it was like that, I his, like... Like the dress version, yeah, of this, because this Picard outfit? has his um, dress for the, the first dress, couple his seasons. Dress. Yeah. yeah, 
I don't, because he wears it in other situations that aren't formal. I think they're just different versions of the uniform. But he's got, like, the fancy gold braid. Like, oh, not so much gold braiding, more like gold rickrack, rick-rack on the shoulder. But he's but... wearing it pretty much the entire episode. No, no he changed no. out of it. He's out of it by halfway through. I think... He only does a couple of scenes in it. Yeah, I think he... Is that the beginning to meet the fellow captain, yeah. who is of equal standing? Well, they're not dressed up. Well, they were on a death ship That's true. with a doomed ship. They were being controlled by the creepiest child ever. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, no, no, no. Uh, I have to interject. When we say child, he's supposed to be 17. So mm-hmm. at three, his planet was, he things got blown up. His ship crashed on a crummy planet where everyone apparently died and he survived somehow for the next 14 years. He's supposed to be 17 years old. I would like to stop us right now and have a discussion he is not 17! How old was the actor? Uh, like 85. No, the yes. actor was probably... I looked at his IMDb briefly while you guys were forcing me to watch this for a second yeah, time, no and it was, um... I think he was probably in his early 20s. No! Yes, yeah. he was acting through the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Everybody looked older in the past. <laughs> <laughs> that is true, though. Also, like, okay, I'm sorry. His head was enormous! Was it? His little bobble neck. Yes, the top part that houses yeah, yeah, yeah. his brain? Well, he was using his evil superpowers, make your head bigger. I, well, I didn't know if that was like, is that just the actor and he just has an unfortunately large upper head? Or was that some sort of like camera work? Yes, I don't really know. It was camera work. There was really weird angles with me. eyes in this episode. Eyes and shadow, shadow, yeah. shadow, shadow. Because well, they did all those really super creepy close-ups of his face, and that's yeah. that's what freaked me out was the size of his upper head. That is fair. By the way, the <sighs> slurping in the background is none of us. <laughs> that is that is our dog. So the actual uh, plot of the episode at the beginning is the Enterprise meeting a, a, a survey ship, the Antares. Yes. Um, no. And, yeah. Was yeah, that? Yeah. I yeah. thought that was the name of the. Oh no, no, those are the oh that's name of the ship. No, they're called blew like, up, right? They're part of Starfleet. Yeah, that's, yeah. they're, yeah, yeah, they're, they're, they're a Starfleet survey ship. Yeah. Oh, so uh, they're meeting the Enterprise to offload a passenger who they found uh, in a shipwreck on a planet where everyone really, is dead. He really shouldn't have been there. Um, and we have this. It's at first this very jovial interaction, and then things start to get real creepy. They're like, "Well, we found him on a planet while we were, you know, space surveying," and. And then all of a sudden, Charlie stares at them over Kirk's shoulder, and we get the superpower noise, and all of a sudden they're like, oh, Charlie's the best ever! They talk we have over so each fun. other. They're so excited, and it's so incredibly unsettling. It, yeah. Yeah, it is, it is difficult, because he is supposed to be playing this, this kid who has been alone for the past 14 years, who taught himself how to speak by listening to the memory The banks. ship computers. Yeah. yeah, the ship computers, and eight... At the beginning, he says, you know, they had food stores, and then I just found other things to eat rolling around. Uh, puppies. Huh? Pup- puppies and my fellow passengers. And he doesn't know how to interact with people, but he's really concerned about being liked. Oh, are you my friend? Which I want to be with humans like me. Perfectly innocuous, except he's for really creepy. He's, he's really creepy. creepy. I wrote creepy and, uh, down four times on the first page of my notes. <laughs> creepy, creepy, creepy. That, creepy. yeah, myself as well, and hate his face. Oh, yes. He's got yeah, a very punchable yeah. face. Oh, punchable. That's a great way to describe it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. th- this interchange where the, 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 the other crew, the other two guys from the other ship, um, go from just sort of regular, you know, this vaguely jovial interaction they're, they're with the other ship. They're creeped out, though. To suddenly, oh yeah, Charlie's the best. 
And they are terrified. They are, like, pissing themselves so they're so scared. Yeah, and Kirk's like, oh, do you want to, like, hang out? Do you need they're anything? Like, no, no, we need to get the fuck out of here and away Sorry from that kid. Sorry, Brandy. Yeah, they're he's like, like I, no, got, I got no booze. I got good TV. What do you want? I got like, ladies. to leave. Yeah. <laughs> and they light out of there like their butts are on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least as much as you can do that when you're transporting. Yeah, and then we start our first really awkward interaction with Ooh. Yo and Rand. Yes, Wait Cam. a second, before we move on out yes. of the transporter room, yes, um, the one thing I liked, uh, the one thing that I really noted about this section was that we actually get the crew compliment of the Enterprise here. Yeah. 428 crew members That's on board strange. the Enterprise, and I really liked that. I like that we got that little detail because it gives, yeah. it sort of, it's like builds the ship and you sort of understand how many people are on there and mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you also notice the interior decorating of the transporter room? No, I did not. It has a picture of space. Yeah. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. yeah. I don't a know frame whether picture of space. a frame picture, a frame picture of, space. of space. I think it's in like just in three case panels. You, just in case you forget while you're well, there. Well, they're stuck in the transporter room all day. They're like, wow, we could be anywhere. But this remember why we're here, Bob. Space. Oh, I can't remember. It's space, Bob. It's obviously space. There's a picture on the wall. That to me strikes of like having an office and in your windowless boardroom putting up pictures of the city. It's like those motivational with posters with the giant font. Space. Yeah. It's why we're here. Yeah. I want to bring up a question. So Charlie comes in with some records of, yeah, yeah. assumingly they, from the other ship. Like, like his medical says, Why didn't someone just type in... He's fucking evil, man. Watch your back. Well, I assume at that point they, he was controlling because it seems like he can just change whatever he wants. So if I if I were an evil superpower, yeah, but teenager, I wouldn't let them know that I had written that as a, like a note. Well, it seems like he can just sort of wiggle his nose and everything goes the way he wants. Yeah, that's the thing. He sometimes does the with and, the most unsettling, eye and then roll. other times it doesn't. Yeah. There's it seems no to depend on whether he's doing it out of anger or whether he's doing it because no. he's trying to be, quote, nice, unquote, to people. Mm. Because it doesn't seem to take as much work. No, because when he's having his, like, when he's, walk of anger, yeah, when his he's anger walk. through the ship, he, he just, like, makes the woman freeze yeah. without it, and he turns the lady old without it. Yeah, he just kind of... Bloop, maybe bloop. making people disappear is just harder. Or maybe it was just a mistake. Could be that, too. <laughs> Anyways, so he sees Yeoman Rand... In her amazing checkerboard hair. Uh-huh. That, uh, wig is, Kirk, Kirk, that wig is fantastic. Her hair is amazing. But Kirk hands Strong over um, his Charlie's records to her and says, can you escort him to his quarters? Can you drop off his no! records? No! Wait, wait, wait. Was that what those orange discs yes. that everybody was yeah. holding on to? And talking were? into? Yes. They were, weren't talking oh, into. He okay. was just holding yeah. them. Somehow I completely missed that they were records or whatever, yeah. and I just or kept like, seeing people with these. I was like, what the hell is happening? Yeah, they're computer chips of information. Okay, I suppose. okay. This makes sense. Yeah, and then Charles like, is that a girl? Yeah. Are you a girl? And then... We know that things are going to get real weird mm-hmm. real fast. Poor Rand. Yeah. And she's getting... I don't know what Yeoman's Rand job is, but I feel like she should get a raise. She should get a raise. I'm not entirely sure what her job is other than delivering stuff and handing things. Well, Yeoman's kind of like a ballet. people. She's a what? A yeoman is kind of like a fancy valet. But I thought they eventually moved up through the ranks. Like, yeah. In terms of like on a ship, you'd have like the little midshipmen. Well, they also and... don't have yeomans later on. It's only in original series that we even hear the title. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to say. Did they get rid of them by next gen? Yeah. There's Good. No yeah, there's no yeomans. Just ensigns. Everyone can get their own food. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I don't think they have uh, replicators yet. But um, No, because they're eating gummy. Yeah. Space, Space gummies. Concentrates. Yeah, and uh, so Charlie gets sent for medical tests to Doctor McCoy. 
But first, but first, theme song. Yes, yes, yes. Woo! No more. Anyways, my favorite part is that it's a five-year mission that I laughed so hard because it got canceled in three. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you were laughing. You looked at me and started laughing. And I was like, what is so funny? I like the vision, but a uh, five-year mission. So Charlie's in Bay getting medical tests done with with bones and doing some kind of foot exercise with a futuristic I feel like if you were a machine. donkey doctor, then that would make sense. If you are a human doctor, I do not see how kicking well, the it, ceiling repeatedly makes sense. Well, it, was like, it was like, almost like, almost like a, a treadmill or an yeah. electrical trainer thing, but it was on the wall and on he was back. doing it lying down. And it's it somehow measuring odd. like, your heart? Well, I figured that was the, the bio bed or whatever. That yeah, that was, was measuring on. strength. But you're just kicking stuff. I don't know. I could kick things. That's why I said to donkey because donkeys are good at kicking, and maybe when they've lost kicking, okay, they've lost the will to live. So um, Bones is like, "Yeah, you look They're fine. Knocking You're in on excellent health." And Charlie, out of nowhere, asks, "Do you like me?" That was creepy. So sinister sounding. Uh, and we get the first really obvious creepy music because the creepy music in the transporter room is a little bit more subtle. Uh, but this so is intensely creepy, creepy music. A lot of strings. Do you remember when you were a young kid growing up? And, like, if there was a very awkward kid in the class who was a little bit socially behind. Hmm. Do you like me? Just me? I may have been that <gasps> kid. I don't, I don't think know. I ever Kim, walked up to how did you feel and... about Charlie Evans then? Like, did I you, wanted to did punch you... that kid. He was a... Plus, oh, I no never, like, walked up to anyone and actually asked, do you like me? No, but I was not, definitely not the most Also, none kid. of us ever had, you know, sinister background music. Says you. Which kind of adds to the, well, okay, maybe you, but I didn't. Yeah, I mean, on the one hand, I really liked that he was sort of interested in what was going on, and because, I mean, he's never experienced. Yeah, and, we like, see this he, little bit where he's walking around the ship. And he's and looking at what all the other people are doing and kind so of checking cool. their jobs. and Except that it got really intense and creepy because he kept standing immediately behind them and, like, staring at them intently, and it was disturbing. Yeah, like the guy I mean, who is uh, space dusting slash pole dancing? I don't know. Slash... There's important dancing. engineering business going was on. Was there? I, I didn't feel like it was. He felt like he was a space janitor. It felt like space plumbing. Like yeah. he was re-threading something or de-threading or unclogging with a very Everybody long... Everybody is really quite... smiling while he's doing it. Are you... Hey, he's I doing think... this job in space. That's right. to smile about it. Everybody is quite good-natured about it, picture of it. Everybody's quite good-natured about it, though. I think everyone really wants him to be happy because, yeah. according to the story that they have, like... Mm-hmm. This kid his entire been life trapped on, on a planet. ship, like which is why I think everybody is so maybe forgiving of the social, like trying to be forgiving of the yeah. social awkwardness that's coming from his, like despite he, the obvious red flags that he is an evil child. Well, once they start, once the red flags start throwing up in earnest, everybody they, they gets on board with like ostracizing. Oh uh, no, they don't. Yeah, they do. Oh no, they don't. I would have cut off his. I would have. Uh, I was going to say euthanized. Uh, tranquilized him. I would have tranquilized him. Much sooner into this. But, well, he hasn't actually done anything over it, threatening yet. Oh, no. And the next thing he does, in fact, is go to the, uh, I guess it's the lounge on the ship. What on? In TNT. No! We, you're skipping past the oh, right. butt slapping. The creepy thing with the, with the, the present. Yeah. What was that? I don't even know no, what it was that he had. No, there is manly butt slapping. Or no. No, no, he it's Rand. It. He meets Rand again, and he gives Wait. her a gift that, where did you get this? It was. It's a present. What was it though? I, I don't know. It, it, it was like a, a present. It looked like a light bulb. It looked like a vial or something. Maybe it's perfume. Like probably supposed yeah. to seem to be perfume or okay. something. And she's like, "Where did you get this? They don't have any in the ship stores." Because of course, Charlie has magicked it out of the air, mm-hmm. and it apparently didn't occur to him that this was weird. And she's like, "But I don't." He's like, "It's a present." 
People like presents, don't they? Take my present! Where did you get your fucking light bulb of perfume? Question. So she's a little creepy. Red flag! But none of it is... <laughs> On the play! Threatening. So she's just like, I got stuff to do. I'll hey, see you later. Kirk, I've had this really weird interaction with the new kid, Charlie. He got this weird vial of perfume that is nowhere's on the ship. Should we maybe, uh, ask him where that's from? She did go to talk to Kurt when he slapped her ass. Yeah. Because leaving this in, leaving this conversation, she turns to go, and he says, see you later, and yeah, slaps her on the ass. And only after seeing two... Man- Earlier, yeah. Yes, two manly men slap each other on the butt as... Because that's something people do, apparently. Football players do, I guess. In the locker room, not in the <laughs> corridor. Yeah, not at work. <laughs> Again, I've asked the question before, where the hell is HR on this shit? <laughs> I mean, granted, I've never ever worked in an environment with a lot of men before, but, like, or that slapping. still seemed weird. Well, maybe social mores are different in the 20th century. Okay, but to be fair, I think those guys were in the Jeffreys tubes. Yeah, they of were. the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And so they've been spending the entire day one guy staring at the other one's ass. <laughs> kind of looking at the Maybe snacks. this is slappable ass. <laughs> Oh, no, no. Maybe. It's terrible. Maybe, <laughs> maybe they're, maybe they're the... dating. We don't know. Yeah, maybe. But uh, he slaps her and she turns around and is like, Charlie, that is not okay. And he doesn't understand because, because aliens, that's... isolation, whatever. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? Why don't you tell Kirk or Bones and they'll explain it to you. Um. Yeah, I liked that Rand basically put off like. I'm not giving you the sex talk. Go talk to one of the boys. <laughs> go talk to your one of your Definitely the senior staff's job. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we go back to Kirk on the bridge, and he is talking into what looks like flashcards. I know that he's they're internet holding. chips. It looks like he's, like, holding red and yellow cards about to, like, hand them out. He's just holding them in his hand. fractions on the desk, like a referee. They're just in his hand. I like my metaphor better. By the way, all I wrote during the ass-slapping thing was inappropriate. In fact, I'm going to underline it twice more right now. Again, I ask, where is HR on this ship? <laughs> and then there's this talk between, like, McCoy and Kirk and Spock yeah. about how he needs a strong father figure. <laughs> that was amazing. It was so awkward. <laughs> Yeah. Everyone's like, I don't want to deal with it. You deal with it. No, you deal with you it. Deal, you're, you're like a, a, a father figure. You're the captain. Captain is like being a dad. Basically, right? they're like, yeah, I'm passing the buck because it's your buck. <laughs> because no one wants to have the sex talk with this kid. No. 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 Which is fair because he's super creepy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> he's. I, they're all being way nicer about this than I would be. Yeah. Um... And Spock and McCoy, they have this amazing argument about, no, 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 you're much older and closer to his age as a father. Yeah. And then we spit, we suddenly change to a liar playing scene. The musical interlude in this episode. Oh my God. What the actual hell. I don't even, honestly, a lot of this felt like. Oh, look, we've got an extra ten minutes to fill in this episode. Let's throw in Spock playing the lute. Or whatever. And oh a God. musical. A dance and song number. Not even just one. We got two. Two. Numbers. Two. two numbers. Two. I think it was the same number of different verses. No. No, it was two songs. Was two songs. How could you tell? Because they the key stopped. that it was in was bizarre. Also, they stopped. Yes. There was applause. Applause. And then they started again. So this is supposed to be like their staff room. I don't know about you, but no one in my entire history, my entire work history has burst into a musical number to applause at the end. Some people have started to sing. It was met with awkward silence and stares. 
and being escorted to HR. Yeah. Maybe this is just something they do in the future. Well, I mean, like maybe this is supposed to be like them sitting around after work having a couple of drinks and playing games. It did sound games. like some people were drunk, yeah. Yeah, oh, yes. but I don't... Mostly like, the applauding people. Okay, and I did... Okay, so it's Ahura singing, yes. and I did really enjoy the looks between her and Rand about... I'm going to do this to Fox. Fox yep. going to hate this. Is yeah. this musical that, time? Time musical to troll time. the Vulcan. And that's what I felt like Like the point was between the two of them, it was like, I'm going to totally troll Spock about this. And he was like rolling his eyes in exasperated fondness at her. But it was completely unnecessary. Also, she calls I him thought, the alien in Satan's guise with devil ears and devil eyes. His alien love could victimize. This is not a nice song. Again, no. where is HR? Yeah. Usually you cannot make up cruel and biting lyrics about your coworkers and then set them to music and then make them play the backing music. But he's you. clearly <laughs> taking this as gentle teasing. He's into it. He smiles. Yeah. Yeah. He actually smiles. Yeah. Yeah. Which is weird. He's kind of like fond and like, oh, oh, this again. Oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. They like making But songs. then she sings the second verse, second round. No, I have a round. question. Are we to assume that... Every Friday, she gets drunk in the rec room and then sings this song. I buy it. Or that she improvised it on the spot. I think she improvised it on the spot. She improvised it on the spot. Because she improvises the second one on the yes. spot when Charlie comes in. She's just that badass. I do I do feel like whatever Spock is in there practicing his, I don't know, electric guitar or whatever the hell it was, that she does like the thing where she started where she was singing to start with and just like vocalizing along with him. I feel like she does that all the time yeah. just to piss him off. But to the, the point singing. where when she starts doing it, it's just out of habit. Yeah. And then he stops and she's like, oh, was I doing it again? Sorry. I think we should again circle back to the fact that that was terrible. It was just unnecessary. It was. It felt like a time fell. And this episode was already long enough. There's not a lot that actually happens in this episode because no, they have to draw. It's very short. Well, that's because it's an evil child. They, they take evil child. They realize child is evil. They give evil child back. Well, here's the thing, and we know that he's an evil child essentially Immediately. the minute he shows but up. But they don't have the background of the extra diegetic oh, music. They should. Even if you watch that on mute, I'm pretty sure two seconds in, you'd be like, oh, well. He's they also an can't see camera angles. We're getting more information than they are. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't know if it's just um, that's the way they made TV in the 60s, but it felt so. Little bit, yeah. It felt oh, long. Think of like. There were so many. There were so many shots, like back and forth and pausing, and like I'm we thinking get, of like Bewitched. But they did yeah. better Very camera similar. work in the other episode. Like even in the cage and in the man trap, I felt like the camera work was doing some interesting things. Like there's the epi- the um, the moment when Kirk is walking down the corridor, and it's it's a walking shot, so the camera is following him into the turbo lift oh, yeah, and yeah. kind of turning around. Did not succeed. It's a terrible no, shot. Yeah, but they're trying things, and that, yeah. you, some it's directors are better than others. Yeah, at how do I shoot sci-fi that isn't a sitcom? Because sitcoms because like, they do very similar things in um, other like this human is not quite human episodes. They use this sort of similar lots of super close faces, weird angles on people's eyes, faces. Eyes, eyes, shadow, 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 and that weird sort of crossed shadow where you've just got a band of light across their eyes. Yeah, yeah. So it was just for me. It was a lot like the the constant close-up of your head, switch the other person close mm-hmm. to their head. And doing that three or four times before moving on mm-hmm. it just made everything longer than it needed to be. Like, this could, like, I mean, it was a 50-minute episode. It could have been a 42-minute episode. It felt like two hours. Yes. But they had much bigger blocks of time to work with back then. Yeah, I know. Even so, I mean... You used that time. There's no 
B plot? No, no there is this one just A plot. Yeah. That did feel very strange. That was, and I mean, going back to, again, the Mad Trap, there is a lot of stuff going on. There was, you know, the A with Kirk and McCoy. Yeah. There's also McCoy's story going on with the uh, Salt Vampire, yeah. but there was also, like, Sulu and Ren Rand. and Uhura's story going mm-hmm. on yeah. at the same time. Oh, yeah. And shot a lot better i felt like oh, that yeah. fairly zip that zipped along for me yeah it did zip it was like it was written first though they're all kind of written around the si- the same time they were it shot. does make a difference though that it was you know it was a different director no i mean the the it's not all direction right right especially with pacing and stuff well, like yeah that, that was i'm actually, wondering i was gonna say that was one of my biggest disappointments is this was written by my favorite person on star trek history dc fontana and so to see, well, she did the teleplay. So yeah. like, and I was just like, oh, DC, you're letting me down. Well, this was one of the episodes that Roddenberry sold the series with. So essentially he did one sentence episode mm-hmm. summary, slid it across the table, and they went, okay, well, we can do this. But it is so strange that there is nothing else going around than us falling. We don't often see things from Charlie's point of view. I, I feel like maybe they wanted to split at some point, so have yeah. Charlie walk around the ship, out. and then Kirk figuring it out but it is so linear i also mm-hmm. feel like if we had had more charlie plv stuff it would have made him seem more sympathetic and that would have added yeah. an interesting layer to things but going back to the actual story mm-hmm. <laughs> um, they're sent they're in the lounge or whatever and uhura starts singing about charlie and, and it's a much nicer song than the one she sang about spock uh from on a regular human level he's and, our new darling yeah he's our new darling it's actually rather nice she's He's just very gentle teasing because he's a well, kid. she's te- teasing him about Rand because she's he's in because he's got a crush, and that's he's totally into you. and that's something totally you know in the present real world you tease a seventeen year old boy about a crush. It's not you know epic, but what happens is Charlie stares at her, her and Spock, and the creepy music happens. And Spock's loot goes mysteriously silent and Uhura's voice goes away. And red flag! Well, I don't think anybody else notices. Why didn't they mention something? So, hey, Kirk, just that, a heads up. We're they in actually... the, no, no, we're in the rec room. Kim, you can be uh, Kirk for me. Yes, the rec room. Yes. And so we were playing this song and then Charlie kind of did this weird forehead first thing. And then mysteriously, I couldn't talk anymore. And Spock's loot made no music. That is... A red flag. Let's yeah, except sedate him. You could also <laughs> read that. That was my curse. That's really good. God damn. You could also read it though as them just being, huh? It feels like because I feel like also you know he leaves and everything goes back to normal and they would just write it off. Uh, in if, universe, if I, if I was unable to talk for a moment and if I was playing an instrument and no longer made noise, that's weirder than the voice thing. I would that, argue. Like, I've lost my voice to you before. Weird. It's not completely impossible. Okay, no, because he doesn't leave. Strange. He stays there and does, and does card creepy tricks. card tricks. That, yeah. again... Impossible card tricks. Hey, Kirk. Yes. So, we were in the rec room. Again? Or still? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's a long scene. It's a long scene. A it was long a long scene. day. And... Uh, so we were doing uh, Charlie, you know, the creepy kid who just came on board. I'm vaguely aware of him. He's really creepy. You can be you can be Spock. I'm just nodding. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he started to do some card tricks. What kind of card tricks? Fucking impossible card tricks. So he takes three cards. 
I don't know who I am at this point. <laughs> I think I'm me. He's, he takes three playing cards, and then he flips them over, and they are, like, headshots of Yeoman Rand. Yeah. The, oh, was that what they were? Yeah. They were, yes. They are, like, uh, like full waist up. waist up shots of her pouting at the camera. So That's this is where we an impressive card trick. Charlie, Charlie has no idea what's physically impossible. Now, no, no. that should be an obvious red flag. <laughs> because... His card tricks culminate with him taking four aces, and he flips one over, and then they're like, ooh, where's the fourth one? And then Yeoman Ren has this weird expression on her face, like, you stinker, and then <laughs> reaches down into her bra and pulls out the fourth ace. Into her shirt. Well, I'm not is, convinced anybody in Starfleet wears bras. He flipped, it, he flipped it over his shoulder previously, like, tucking in the opposite direction. It was magic. No, it wasn't, because here's the thing. In no universe is that possible. No. Because, and then she's not like, how did that get into my, like, what the fuck? How did this playing card get into, I guess, not bra, No, my she's shirt. just like, the thing is, oh, you. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, except the, the, that's actually more believable as just, like, sleight of hand than the thing with the headshots. He put it into her bra. I, I've actually seen a magician do that. Put a card into your bra. Into your shirt. Not mine. But, like, yeah, it's the kind of thing they do on stage. It ends up in your pocket. It ends up inside the collar of your shirt. Oh, it's up your sleeve. That's sleight of hand. The fucking headshots, that's, like, <laughs> transmutation. <laughs> you draw so, the line of transmutation? I do. I do. <laughs> And he has no idea what's physically impossible. Like, he didn't realize before that the perfume thing was weird. Because he's always just been able to go, bip, whatever I want. Because it gets weirder. Yep. Uh, Kirk is in the hallway talking to, I assume, the, the cook. cook, who is, audio cameo, Gene Roddenberry. Yep. Mm-hmm. Talking about how for Thanksgiving, Earth Thanksgiving, Earth Thanksgiving is what he says. kind of weird thing to say. Well, surely they, their other planets have Thanksgivings. The, t- the time when we colonize yeah, the planet we, we and tried to kill off all the indigenous we peoples? We do celebrate. Well, later in canon you find out that it became like a global holiday and the meaning changed. At least in universe. But they celebrate a Vulcan holiday at least once in this show. So it seems like they oh, celebrate wow. all the... <laughs> My ma- favorite yeah. Vulcan holiday of all. <laughs> I, I just think that they celebrate all the major holidays of the species represented on board. Okay, so but anyway, it's kind of nice. talking, and they're going to make synthetic yeah. turkey, and then uh, <laughs> in my absolute favorite moment of the episode, and I dare you to disagree, Charlie slapped Shatner in the ass. Mm-hmm. He did. Yes. How did I miss this? How did you miss that twice? Because Charlie walks up to him and says, uh, "Jenna said to talk to you about," and he tries to explain, and he can't. He's like, "I did this," and he slaps him on the ass. <gasps> I apparently was Kid, not paying. How did you miss that? Twice? It was so awkward. I couldn't look at the screen. Well, Kirk takes it a lot better than Janice does. I missed He's that. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to watch it a third time, but I really but what Kirk go back. But what Kirk says is because. He's like, well, Janice said that I should ask you. And Kirk's like, did she now? Thanks, Janice. Mm. But then he's like, what he says is, you shouldn't hit girls. It boils down to that. Yeah. It's very vague it's because... It's like, technically true, you should not hit girls. But then he says, man to man, that's different. Oh, 1960s. <laughs> Sorry to slap a man. Uh, yeah. But ladies... Sorry to slap Charlie. Oh, uh, Kirk is bad at explaining stuff. I think it's because, like, as a captain, you usually do not have to explain this kind of thing no. to people. No. Apparently... <laughs> I would. There is HR somewhere. <laughs> I'm assuming it's <laughs> just back not in San on this Francisco. ship. Yeah. Just not on this ship. Yeah. And then we zoom in to Uhura's 
super silver nail polish. And what else? <gasps> that was great yeah, nail was polish. Amazing. I that thought you would she... like that. And we're seeing it because we're getting a call from the ship that Char- that delivered Charlie. Mm-hmm. And, and it's the captain. It's the captain. I need to speak to Bad Kirk. connection. They're at the, the, out, the that end of their space. range. They're as far away as they can get and still contact the Enterprise. And he's like... I need to warn the captain, and this and Charlie follows Kurt to the bridge. And the second they step on the bridge, they lose the connection, because Charlie has cut the connection, and Charlie immediately says, "Oh, it wasn't very well constructed, the ship." Red flag. Yeah, <laughs> especially since the next thing that happens is the sensors say the ship was destroyed. Mm-hmm. There's just debris. Mm-hmm. Well, that was convenient. And then the synthetic turkey in the kitchen has been turned into... Real turkeys. Real turkey. Red flag! Well, he did one dick move and then one pretty good move. He giggles and runs off the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> he killed 20 people. There yeah, are 20 did. people on that ship. Yeah, that's our death there count. No that's our death count. That is our death count for that yeah. entire episode. So 20, 20 people. people. Yeah. 20 people. There'll be more. Pull uh, all those turkeys. <laughs> yeah, and then... <laughs> things get weirder. They're playing 3D chess in the rec room. Kirkin, stop Kirkin right Sparker. there. Sorry, sorry. 3D chess. We I got knew, our first 3D I chess. I knew Kim was going to be excited about I was this. so excited to see 3D chess. It was so cute. I believe at this point. How does 3D chess work? Well, I don't know, but I really want to learn. There are rules. There are real there are I real know. Rules. There's a real set, and there's yep. rules, and I really want to learn to play Although 3D I think, chess. I think in this scene, there are no rules yet, because they're just moving pieces right at random. Special but yes, there definitely is real 3D chess now because mm-hmm. of Star Trek. Yeah. Really because by the time we get to next end and they're playing it, there are actual rules. Yeah, I know. And I really want to... I just... I always love It was exciting. It's a very cool design. Oh, yeah. yeah it's, it's a, a great good idea. Yeah. I have a question about that. So we go to the 3D chess table and there's cards and then there's poker chips on that same table. It feels like everyone on the Enterprise has a serious gambling problem. Well, well, there's no money, so it's probably not that that dangerous. I assume they trade sexual favors. That's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. It's sexual favors. <laughs> when in space. When in space. I mean, God knows strip poker wouldn't be that exciting with uniforms. There's just so little. And I, no one was wearing bras. Yeah. And I assume no one is wearing underwear. As we will definitely see in the gym scene. Um, so so it's Kirk, Kirk and Spock, they are playing 3D chess together. And talking about how weird that just Kate, was. Kate. No, no, no. My notes actually say... Kirk and Spock talk about how creepy Charlie is. Basically, yes. Yet no one is willing to cop to the fact that impossible things have happened and they started when that creepy child came on board. How can we be sure well, what's really said, happening? Earlier we've said, um, earlier we've said that, that I can't remember where, it's like, it's a little bit back, but a moment after Charlie has left a room, the commit, the, the, the executive staff sort of turn to each other and go, Okay, but there have to have been people on that planet because there's no way he survived by himself. They're correct. And yeah. Spock is like, well, there's no way he could have he could have survived. Yeah, because no Spock's food. been like harping on this the entire episode. There's like, no food. He cannot there's have survived. No food. There's no survive. food. It is yeah. logical. There's no food. Yeah. The fact that your loot no longer played music wasn't a tip off. There, are, yeah, there are like they should have been smarter and picked up on this faster. They on the other hand, I stupid. mean. It would be really hard to convey things without those stupid clues. I mean, this is basically taking up 45 of our 50 minutes of plot, <laughs> them getting around to figure out that Charlie's a dick. Sin- or at least getting around to stopping ignoring obvious Sin- signs. Synthetic turkey turned into real turkey. Yeah, that is pretty weird. No, that's that weird. That's weird full stop. And now, anyways. So Charlie uh, comes in. Uh, no, first we need to say that Kirk wins yeah. the 3D chess game. As Box says, your logical approach sometimes has its benefits. <laughs> <laughs> um, at this point, uh, Kirk says, you know, play chess with Spock. Also, I have underlined five times, 
Charlie is not 17. He looks like he's 40. He was, he was disappointed that Kirk left and left him with Spock because he just wanted to hang out with Kirk. Spock's Kirk Kirk yeah, so cool. So cool. And they play chess and Charlie loses because he doesn't listen to instructions and immediately melts the chess pieces afterwards. And it's like Spock wasn't being a jerk about it. No. Like, he was trying to like, that's not right. Like he yeah. wouldn't even let him give him really instructions. I don't know. He was just being so teenage boy about it. I know. He is such a teenage boy. Yeah, yeah. and then Spock leaves and he fucking melts the chess piece. <laughs> my my notes are wagga 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 wagga. <laughs> and then Yeoman Rand, in poor Yeoman a Rand. poor effort at matchmaking, introduces him to Tina Layton, a Yeoman of the third class, who is also 17? Mm-hmm. Apparently. Is that how Yeoman Rand started? Well, uh, maybe. Because Wesley Crusher was taking Starfleet oh. when he was 15. Shush! Wesley Crusher was taking Starfleet exams when he was 15 years old, and you have, in Deep Space Nine, yeah. Nog is, who's supposed to be around the same age as Jake Sisko, goes off to the academy when he's about 17, and he comes back. To active duty, but isn't um, that because of the war? Partly it's part of the war, but partly he's also doing training missions and stuff when he's like eighteen or nineteen. Yeah, and he's very smart. Yeah, so it seems like and it, Wesley Crusher is the specialist snowflake. Yeah, and it, it depends. It seems to depend on like how smart they are, how competent they are. They can test into it. Yeah. So maybe she's just real smart. Oh, she could like she she could be training. She could you know yeah. whatever. She's a human of the third class. Yeah. Well, basically, I wrote down on my notes: Rand fought cannon fodder. <laughs> So she tries to hook them up because they're both 17 and that's all you need for love. And Charlie acts like a total bag of dicks. Uh, he says, but I don't want you. And poor Tina. Poor Tina. Poor Tina says, I should go. I must be wanted somewhere. <laughs> Which is such a teenage thing to yeah. do when you're flouncing. Yeah. It was a good flounce. It was a great flounce. It was a good flounce. And then he tries to get alone with Rand. Second creepiest interaction of the episode. Oh, there's so much more to come. Mm-hmm. And she is very reasonable yeah. and goes, nope a dope. Yep. Because yep. <laughs> you're a child. Like, yeah. Nope. And Charles like, she's just a girl in reference to Tina. And does the incredibly unsettling line, when I see you, I feel hungry mm-hmm. all over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Not sexy. No, it's so creepy. I mean, I keep yeah. saying it, but it's so creepy. Yeah. There is like a 10, what felt like a 10 minute monologue of him trying to explain his feelings. Yeah. All of which you could see behind Rand's eyes going, abort, abort, abort. And she basically says, uh, I gotta go. So. Yeah. And uh, goes up to the bridge and immediately tells the captain. Which I thought Very was sensible. pretty good. And Kirk's like, yeah. okay, yeah. Now, I what I really liked about this conversation is that at this point, because no one is 100% sure about his creepy powers. I am. Yeah, but <laughs> none of the crew are. They should be. All they know is that he's creepy and unsettling. The and creepiest. And, but and she is, she is, because what she says is, it's going to get to a point where I'm going to have to hurt him. Yeah. And she is 100% confident in her ability to, like flatten this little shit. Okay, so here's the thing. The first time I watched this, I thought she meant, like, punching a dude in the face. No, no. The second time I watched it, because you forced me to, I was yes. like, is she talking about his feelings? She's gonna have to hurt his feelings. No. I think it was his feelings. I think it was anything that she would end up having to do. Because no, when think... she was talking about it, she was like, no, he's going to, like, cross a really scary-ass line. No, I when, uh, what I read on the situation was I'm going to have to hurt his feelings and he's in a really vulnerable place because he hasn't seen humans in 14 years and I'm going to hurt his feelings and he will be emotionally wrecked because he's going to be rejected know. by humans whom he is he really wants to just love. I think she was worried about more than him getting emotionally aggressive at this point. Because what she says is, I've seen this before, and she seems a little more freaked yeah, but out. It's, it's, she's calling it like it's first love, it's a crush. 
She doesn't want to hurt his feelings. And I'm, I'm going to come right down in the middle. I can see it. I can read Either it both way. ways. Yeah. And I did read it both ways. And it could very well be both interpretations at the same time. That she's going to have to hurt his feelings. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she may also have to slap a bitch. Yeah. yeah. But she's not running to Kurt to be like, oh, he's scaring me. Please protect me. No, no, she's no. Saying, it's a management thing. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to have to do some stuff if you don't, like, warn him the fuck off. Well, she says deal with it. And yeah. so Kirk has a... Man to man chat. (laughs) I have written down in my notes more awkward sex talks with Kirk. I have bullet points. Ooh, do you? Yeah, so Kirk's lecture crushes. Why are these chest pieces fucking melted? As an aside. Good question. (laughs) Is that maybe a red flag? Hmm. Stop hitting on Janice. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then he has a little mini tantrum and says, I don't know the rules. I can't do anything right. Nobody likes me. And you're like, yeah, cry more. Yeah, and no, he's... I liked Charlie's little speech there, and not coming from um, a place of like, why doesn't the girl like me? But mm-hmm. coming, oh yeah, to, coming yeah, yeah, from yeah. a place of, I don't understand this culture, and well, I'm struggling sure. to understand that. That was another aspect of this. That that was the part that I liked about this episode was how they talked about it was talking oh, yeah. about cultural assimilation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just I didn't at that point care anymore about his feelings <laughs> at all. I, I think. In, like, in dealing with, like, adolescence and, like, how all the hormones and the feelings that you have. And he's mm-hmm. trying to process the fact that he's around other humans, but also with these emotions that, again, he's never dealt with before. Yeah. And has no method no point of, of dealing with them. Yeah, so he, he's in love. He thinks he's in love. It's his first crush. and doesn't know how to deal with it. It hurts so much inside. How do you live? And Kirk sort of looks at him, fo- like, I don't know if it's fondly or just sort of like, you're a teenage boy. This is just going to happen. He says... You'll live, I promise. There is some, like, harsh love, though. Uh, yeah. But then we get the mini-lecture on consent. <laughs> it's like, what do you say? He says, um... It's about how the girl feels, too. Go slow, yeah. be gentle. It can't it's not be a one-way one street. Yeah. You have to consider how she feels. Don't press. If she if she has feelings for you, you'll know. I like that. I that really like that. Speech. It's a very good speech. Yeah. The, Especially the James, for the 60s. Yeah. yeah. The James Kirk Explains Consent Lecture. <laughs> yeah, and... There's the bit where he's like, oh, I can't. I'm going to make her love me. And, like, he, and then he, he goes very, like, very gruff, which I was into. He says, you can, <laughs> in this, I think, like, in this life, you can have a million things and there's another million things you can't have. Yeah. You just have to hang tight and you'll survive, which I thought was, yeah. I thought it was pretty good line. Solid Kirk advice. kind of on it with the advice this episode. The like, second time round. The first yeah. time fell down on the job. Broken no clock right twice a day. Yeah. No, it was, he, this, this was a very good, I liked this section of it. I think this mm-hmm. was probably my favorite part of, yep. of, of this whole conversation between him and Charlie's speech about not understanding how the culture works and trying and getting it wrong and not understanding why he's getting it wrong and then Kirk's whole consent. I love this part. This was my favorite part of the episode. And the biggest takeaway for me on on Charlie's side of this is that he has no idea how to cope with not getting what he wants. Yes. yes. And how what to do with your emotions when you can't have what you want. Thwarted. Yeah. Thwarted is a good way for so it. So Kirk's uh, solution to this. <gasps> this was the best yes! transition of the whole oh, episode. Flawless. It was amazing. We get, we start... Well, cut, how to, do you deal with any, like, manly issues of balls. manliness? Cut to shirtless jousting. <laughs> shirtless, manly, sweaty wrestling. I have also giant Q-tip fighting. Yeah. So Kirk and Charlie are going to work it out on the mat. 
Kirk is, by the way, shirtless for no reason. Absolutely no reason. And no one else is. There's like, there's like ten other crewmen in the gym. They're there's, all wearing the two like, guys all shirts. who are like cute dip wrestling. They're yeah. shirtless, but like everybody else in the scene with Kirk, including mm. Charlie, thank God, is wearing a top. Yeah, that is Little because orange tights, Kirk obviously waxed his chest for this. <laughs> And didn't want it to be wasted. Did not want it to be wasted. I mean, that's anymore. fair, I guess. William Shatner was yes. a handsome man. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yes, he was. I don't know why I'm taking credit for that, but he was. Yes. Yeah, I, I dug it. Did not, however, dig the legging sock combination with no underwear. I was highly entertained that the tights were branded. <laughs> yes. Star- Starfleet regulation tights. Yes. He was wearing underwear. Was he? Because you could see his nude spanks hanging oh, out the top. Oh no, Shatner, no! <laughs> because it was the first time I was watching it, it was pretty much all I could focus on. I was like, oh, you can see his spanks under there to keep it, keep it everything I think tucked. Junk. His, his he was clearly wearing a foundation garment yeah, of some can, kind when you saw him from the front. Yeah. A man corset. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh. oh god, it was it was bizarre costuming choice. Um, it showed assets. Well, although we seem to hang on to the Starfleet workout gi later on too. <laughs> you can edit that out. So I just they find sort that of, word funny. <laughs> so they sort of spar or. Kirk tries He's to trying get him to teach to him like tumbling and how to take a fight and Kirk how to fall. Yeah. Kirk just ro- um in my notes, Kirk just rolling. So hairless. <laughs> <laughs> and there's there's one guy named Sam who is poor poor crewman number three. His name is Sam. His, his name, name is Sam. He has a yeah. name, Ari. He was working his arms on some sort of wall. He was not working at all. He was just holding his arms up taking it all I think he just showed up because the captain was shirtless he was taking a long deep sip of Kirk yep um and they start doing some manly what I can only call uh Kirk foo they were doing falls Kirk foo <laughs> how you grapple with each other and then but he calls Sam over fall. to yes. demonstrate falls and, and throws. And well, because he was trying to teach Charlie that before you can learn to win, yes. you have to learn to lose, yeah. which was a lesson that yeah. Charlie was sorely needing yes. and did not want it's to learn. It's very on topic. Did yeah. not take to heart. No, yeah. because he's like, I don't want to do that. And so Kirk gets Sam over to try and demonstrate, and he demonstrates, and mm-hmm. then he's like, okay, Charlie, come on, try and throw me. Charlie cannot throw him, so Kirk ends Charlie. up. Charlie... Flattening him. Charlie is and a tiny pigeon bird. Crim and Sam laughs. Ah. And Charlie's response is not proportional, shall we say. <laughs> so he disappears, yeah. Sam, and not in like the no, creepy Yunta, military Yunta way. As in Yeah, and he's just gone. I did enjoy that when Crim and Sam got disappeared, his yeah. towel got left behind. Yes. Yes. <laughs> not gonna need that where you're going. Okay. I have in full caps, why is Kirk not more surprised? Actually He looks merely disappoint stern (laughs) actually i thought that at the time but now i think that he was controlling his face because when charlie turns his back his face gets notably more freaked out like when charlie can see him he eventually remembers to have a reaction to him because acting but he's just standing there frozen with his hands on his hips and his face is very flat but when charlie turns his back on him so he can't see his face anymore his face gets much more expressive oh it's just like it's the exact second you just can't go around disappearing people who cause you pain yeah it's not quite what he says but I think he was just trying to stay calm because Charlie doesn't like it when people are mad at him. He's worked that out by now. Oh, Charlie. So Kirk tries to get him to um, get confined to his quarters. He calls the security people in and then, eyes, eyes, eyes! Shadow, shadow, shadow! 
Yes. Okay, so the security guys, when they come in, yeah. their pants are two different colors, and it bothered me. <laughs> one of them... <laughs> One of them was definitely, like, a black, and the other yeah. one was this, like, sort of faded gray color, and it just looked like they'd been through the washing machine too long, and I was just like, dude, go and replicate yourself some new pants. I was really bothered. It ruined the scene for me. Okay. Anyway, Charlie makes... So so they try and make <laughs> Charlie go with him. colors! And he says, no, I won't. They'll hurt me. And Kurt's like, no, they won't. And, and uh, Charlie does something creepy he eyeballs them. he eyeballs them and they pull out a phaser and charlie makes the phasers disappear um and then and then he sort of kirk sort of talks him down and says you need to go with them charlie and charlie goes no and then we he get, says i will go to your quarters i, I will pick I will you up and you carry you myself. myself now here's again where i think a good spanking and or sedation would have been in order they, i don't think they have sedation mm. drugs like on a hand in the gym why not bulk and nerve pinch him well i imagine they were going to stun him before Just, he like, made these snap his neck phasers vanish snap his neck I don't think they would have gotten a chance. My notes for this section just say Kirk is very sweaty again. Mm. Everybody's very sweaty in this episode. No, Kirk is especially He was especially, like, disproportionate to the exercise they were doing. (laughs) We don't know how long they were exercising before we got there. Yeah. Just falling. Falling. Requires no effort whatsoever because gravity does all the work. I don't know. I'm just picking up on weird stuff. Was that sexy in the 60s to be, like, I don't know. A lot of, a lot of, I'm thinking like Man from Uncle, they were always very glistening in the middle of action scenes. Because I mean, like, Kirk gets a lot of soft romantic lighting in his (laughs) photos. But like, the sweating, maybe it was considered like super manly to show effort. I don't know. It's not sexy. No. Like, just wipe that away. Mm -hmm. But he does finally talk Charlie down and he goes with the security man. And then it's only we get Kirk sent him to bed without dinner. That was like literally. Hey, whatever works. Go when to you, your room. When you have mm-hmm. a superpowered evil teenager under your care, you do what you have to do. Yeah. So pep talk with McCoy and Spock, and McCoy says, "Well, he has the fingers and toes of a human." Well, well before wait, that before conversation, this, that makes we find perfect out sense. At, like the, like as soon as Charlie leaves, he gets uh, Kirk gets uh, a message from the bridge saying, "So all the phasers on the entire ship have disappeared." Red flag. Red flag. I think they're beyond red flag at this point. This is this is where they actually this is where the part that they have a meeting to discuss. So is Charlie an alien? Yeah. The discussion should be how do we kill him fastly? But they don't. Well, they know they start to talk about subduing him. Well, no. Again, let's bring it back to McCoy. He has the fingers and toes of a human. Yeah. Well, he's talking about like. Did you check his brain? Evolutionary development. Uh. Stuff. Did you check his brain? Did I think that? he checked everything. That four four physical he gave him. Yeah, but the takeaway to the wind or whatever. The takeaway though is that no, he's definitely a human. But I mean, they talk about legends of the Thasians that the aliens that yes. supposedly died out on the planet Charlie spent his whole life alone on, and they're like there were all these stories about them having powers and being able to make people do what they want. And yeah. uh, while well, he sips his space coffee, second yep. instance of space coffee, mm-hmm, I'm going to mm-hmm. be counting. Ooh. Again, you are on a ship that rattles around like a tin can. And this is the first time anybody says, Maybe you so, won't have a carry cover. By the way, that kid definitely destroyed that other ship. Yeah. Absolutely for sure did that. And uh, we cannot take him to Colony 5 because yeah. he's too goddamn dangerous. But Kirk Those says are... he doesn't understand what life is. He's a boy. What boy hasn't committed murder? Multiple murder. Yeah, massacre? space murder. Ooh, space murder. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we can't just, like, drop him in a planet full of civilians. By the way, they're taking him to Colony 5 because that's where his nearest living relatives are. No, no, no. They're just taking it because it's a human... No, they talk about his relatives. 
his his nearest relatives. Kim, you've seen this second time. He's got some near relatives on there. Sorry. Anyways, so then shit starts getting real. He electrocutes Uhura. He makes Spurk Spurk Spurk. <laughs> Definitely edit that bit out. He makes Spock recite poetry. He can make he turns Tina into a space iguana. Poor oh, Tina. Poor Tina. Poor Tina. I, yeah. I feel Does he take the space iguana and present it to Rand as a gift? No, he gives a rose oh, okay. to Rand. So he bursts into her room where she is weighing what I wearing what I can only describe as I dream of Jeannie. Oh, she looks so cute. Her hair was like a little bit more down. It's a very and Troy kind of look. And she had this great the great She's a toga. Yeah, it was yeah. pink and beautiful. It's an I adorable loved it. space toga. Oh, I loved it. It's a very Ooh. it's a very Deanna Troy kind of look. It was very Deanna Troy in a very soft, feminine kind of way. Guys. I loved it. Or maybe Deanna Troy was rocking a Janice Rand look. Ooh. Guys. I liked it. I, I liked it. No. It suited her. Oh no. Anyway, she he sort of bursts into her porteress with a rose. And at this point, she has, she's done with this kid. And she's like, you don't just burst into a fucking room. And he's mm-hmm. like, don't lock the door on me again. He says, I'll lock it when I please. That was amazing. I love that line. She's done with this little shit. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, he starts, like, his, I only want to be nice to you. Yeah. Why are you friends owning me? And then he definitely goes to assault her, so she slaps him, mm-hmm. which was amazing. This and I think this is where Kirk and Spock burst in. Yeah, because he yeah. Rand and disappears. Then shoves Kirk and Spock against a wall with his eyes. I he guess. says one of my favorite lines, which is "Growing up isn't so much." Oh, and I wrote, "When you have evil superpowers," <laughs> in all caps. I'm no man, and I can do anything. Yeah. Uh, <gasps> then they try and lock him in a room with a force field. First use of a force field! Really? Yeah, I yep. love this! I was super gratified when that thing shocked the fuck out of him, at least for a second. That yeah. was like, that was, yeah. but this was a terrible plan. It was a terrible, was a terrible plan. plan. He, he can make stuff, stuff disappear. disappear! Like, in this case, the wall. And then he freezes Spock and Kirk. I think Spock should be fired for that. Not well, what else is they going to no. do? Sedate him! And then he sort of wanders through the ship doing horrible things to everybody he meets. He uh, oh, meets there's poor Ginger. There. He meets poor Ginger Crewman. <gasps> and uh, what's her? I can't remember her name. She did get it. I think she was in the last episode, too. I don't remember. But, but she's she wearing was, pants. She was wearing pants. <gasps> really? Yeah. yeah, she was wearing the pants and top combo. Yeah. Um, but he turns her super old. And I think the reason she was probably wearing pants was because they didn't have to do the extra makeup on her legs. Mm. Just, they're all wearing tights. They are short. They are they very short. Are short. They're barely dresses. That's like a yeah. slightly yeah. long top. It's a mini dress. Well, if you look at Ahura when she's in the, when you get the, the like the, the lounge scene. When yeah. she's, singing, when she's, singing, she's leaning over, she's got like matching red spanky mm-hmm. pants on underneath. <gasps> now here's, here's where I want to talk about the mini dresses though. Because in context in the 1960s, like we look at these and we're like, those are really short dresses. How objectifying. Except in the 1960s, mini dresses were super, super liberal. This was what independent young women wore. Like, I, my mom has talked about this at great length. She's like, yeah, that was shocking. That was like, women didn't show their legs, and if they were wearing mini dresses, they were probably feminists. I can hear that. Very but different also context. in a workplace setting, I don't particularly want anyone looking up my butt, but... But they have the matching... They, they, they have little, the matching spanky pants under yeah, there. Yeah, little pants. I guess Keep your sense. eyes on Aurora's bottom, because I'm sure you'll see it at some I point. I definitely am good for the rest for of sure. this entire series. Yeah. yeah, so he makes people old. He makes um, someone's face disappear. That really That was pretty good. I thought that was a really good... Yeah, good like, it was. It was good practical effect. Mm-hmm. And then Kirk 
intuits mm-hmm. that he's going to overload Charlie, turn on the ship or something? Yeah, he's basically, okay, so what he says is, um, he's controlling an entire ship. He says, he hasn't killed anybody since he took over the ship. Yeah, but he doesn't need to do anything to turn over the ship. Kim? Oh, I was just going to say that the, um, the, the note that I made was, while he was going through the ship and freezing people, was that Charlie petulantly manchilds his way through the ship. <laughs> That's, that is very he, accurate. He petulantly manchilds his way through this episode. Yes, he does. Life. But like that, that was especially petulant. And he was just like literally storming around, freezing people. It was amazing. Yeah. So they try to overload Charlie's system, and then Kirk decides that he's just going to throw him. I guess well, you got what you wanted. They did were attempting to sedate him. Yeah, they were. No, no, they were not sedating him. I think Kirk no, was he's... just going to like punch him out. Well, they said they were going to sedate him. That was the ultimate with goal. their fists. No. <laughs> he was talking to Bones. Kirk says, is going to, just before the Athasians or Thasians show Asian. up, he is going to punch that kid in the face. I wanted to. I kind of would have watched that. Yeah. Would have agreed, absolutely. But, like, so they overload his powers by turning, off every system, turning on every system on the they ship. They don't really, because he's, he's hurting Kirk. Yeah, but that's Kirk all he can do. Him. And I mean, he is... It did look like he just gave him kind of a bad stomach ache. Like a spleen yeah. ache. Like, yeah. stay away from me, because he clearly doesn't... He likes Kirk in his creepy, Because Kirk way. is his father figure. Yeah, so he doesn't want to hurt Kirk, and he says that I don't, I don't want to hurt you. But I really do. And Kirk's like, go ahead, hurt me, because he's trying to, like, distract him. And then, just as he's about to punch the little bastard in the face, Ugh. the creepy green face shows up. Lost appearance. And it's the... Thasians. And they bring Rand back and she they shows do. up on the they, bridge in her nightie. Yeah, she, they bring back she everybody. Confused. She's very confused. I think she was dead. I think they were all in oblivion. I think it was just an alternate dimension. She was dead. But she's back, so it's okay. They bring back every, everybody that he disappeared from the Enterprise. I'm yes. hoping that or means presumably the, phas- the phasers and all the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. No more turkeys for you, meatloaf. just space meatloaf. It's yes. safer. And they explained that they gave Charlie these powers so that he could survive. Um, because they don't have physical form, they're just glowing. They ascended. They're the great and powerful Oz. They are, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A giant green floating head with a deep voice. And all magic powers. Mm-hmm. At which point... Oh, man. They're like, he ran away, we didn't know he left. Although, surely if you're omniscient, you would know that. I don't... I don't know that they think he didn't left, but they're like, oh. Well, they said they they say we didn't know he'd gone. Yeah, yeah, he like, kind of he slipped snuck off. He slipped off. Worst omniscient being ever. <laughs> we're really sorry. Everything's fixed. Yeah, and they they kind of uh, they say, oh, we're we're sorry, and then Charlie has this long meltdown. monologue. He has a bit of a meltdown where he's saying, I can't live with him. Don't send me back. They don't know love. They don't know feelings. They They're not touch. like me. They don't touch. Which, okay, would probably be kind of Which disturbing. I think is supposed to be very affecting, but unfortunately he has the most punchable face in the universe. And the entire bridge crew is, like, ringing silence. Yes. You're my friends, aren't you? You said that when I came on the ship. Yeah, before you tried to kill everybody, you little bastard. Well, and then Kirk steps up and says, oh... Well, I guess we could take him. He should be with his own kind. He should be with his own kind. They're like, nope. They're like, we could teach him to control his powers. They're like, no. No, you could not. Nope, nope. And end episode. Yeah. Yeah, it was an interesting turn. Uh, I was, I, I know I've seen this before, but I forgot about <laughs> the ending. Twice. Um, I don't know. I was, it was very interesting. Like, I was sort of like, whoa, because it was like, it felt a little he, he really didn't want to go. He was like legitimately scared about the mm-hmm, idea yeah. of going back, and I don't. I think 
I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm torn on, like, did Kirk do the right thing? Should Kirk That is my question. Him? Should, did, was it cruel to send him back to those people? Yeah. But they didn't really send him, though. They let all powerful aliens take him. Was, like, that the, was that the best thing for him? Well, they didn't... The best thing for everybody else. Well, it was definitely the best thing for everything else, for everybody else. It was the easy thing to do. It probably not the best thing for Charlie. Because, I mean, oh, no. he was, like, he was really upset. That wasn't... I don't think that was supposed oh, no. to be a put-on. He was really upset yes, about it. Yes, And, I mean, the whole episode is about how youth needs to learn. Mm. And how, you know, just because you want it now and you, you're you're overwhelmed by feelings in teenagehood doesn't mean you have to give in. And and so I think they're kind of at a point where, like, they're willing to sort of maybe forgive Charlie a little bit because of that. And, the, like, Kirk says, well, we can teach him. Mm-hmm. And that's what he knows. Because it's about, it, the He's whole episode is about, yeah, it's about a yeah. child coming into a grown-up's world and not understanding quite how to function and having to navigate those relationships and the new culture of not being coddled all the time and just told you're a nice little angel pat 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 on the head. Right. And actually facing the realities of adulthood. So, like, I don't know if it was the right thing to do. It was, I honestly found that monologue that he gave to be quite affecting. Oh, yeah. Like, talking yeah. about the life with the aliens because he escaped from them because yeah. he wanted to know about other humans he was interested he wanted to be light he wanted to have feelings he wanted to be able to touch people and interact with them because he had those feelings but obviously those aliens don't and he doesn't have any experiences that he feels like he should be having he knows that there's something missing that he doesn't have something and he's yearning for it and he knows that the the Thasians will never be able to give it to him it was a genuinely affecting monologue I'd say yeah. if it had been directed in a different direction it would have been a little bit more affecting yeah I mean it it was kind of a sudden turn and, and having not really had any indication earlier in the episode that maybe, maybe this wasn't that Charlie had been like actually really unhappy where he mm. was yeah I think if we had had some indication earlier and maybe some of the shitty stuff he did had built from that it mm. would have been I would have liked the episode more, maybe. We yeah. talked earlier about how it felt like there was a side missing from the story, not just a B-plot, but, like, Charlie's side of things. Yeah. That if we'd yeah. gotten more of Charlie's side of things, he would have felt like a more sympathetic, more rounded character. Because at the beginning, without, like, absent the information we get at the end that he was desperately unhappy with the Thasians, the impression you get is that he just got bored. Yeah. But he, I think at the beginning when we see him kind of looking at the space janitor yeah. and the guy he's slapping on the butt, like, he's, he's, he's so... Like the gleeful innocence yeah. of, oh, what are you doing? That's so cool. What are you doing? And seeing two men interacting as friends, yeah. he's like, yeah, th- this is what it is. This is what I want. This, it's also this very much friendship. the way you expect like a five or six-year-old to behave. It's like, grown-up things, like on Take Your Kid to Work Day, it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing now? What's that thing? Yeah. I, I We don't get a lot of him that's really alone the only interacting bit. with people. And all the other times we see him alone, he's, like, taking people's faces off. So it's not, you know, <laughs> Having a bit of a, a bit of a tenter, temper tantrum. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he... Are the Thasians supposed to be cubes? I don't think so. No. I think they're supposed to be, like, evolved beings. The, the closest analog I could come up with was the Ancients and Stargate. That they had sort of evolved beyond needing physical bodies. Because he says, I'm taking... But the cubes don't have physical bodies. 
Well, they, they do sometimes to take them. Yeah, they choose to take. They them. choose yeah. to take them. Yeah. But I don't think this was supposed no. to be the cues because they they do reference a like a civilization that used yeah. to be there. But did yeah. the cues have a civilization? They Not the way we've known it. We've no. never had any indication that the cues had any kind of. They've um, all, we've always been here is yeah. the way we usually presented the cues. But they to actually talk like the scary green face that appears in the bird. She's like, I'm taking the body that I had like millennia ago so that I can communicate, so that I can communicate with, you. Yeah. with you so yeah they, they used to exist because we also get the they talk about that Thesis is abandoned but there was clearly civilization yeah, yeah, there yeah. at one point so no I don't so think more this, like, I don't think this is supposed to be no precursors to Q no well I mean I think I feel like original series does this a lot where they're like mythical like Trying evolved human yeah. beings who have yeah. transcended yeah. like I mean we even saw that in what was the first one the cage is the first one yeah where you have like these um Beluga brains. Yeah, the beluga brains who have like evolved beyond mm. physical speech. Right. And I feel like the original series Star Trek does that a lot. They, they do because we get well, Tremaine. Yeah, Tremaine is Tremaine. Tremaine's Q. Tremaine and... is, I think, is the closest analog yes. as a precursor to Q. There's no, actually... They talk about that. It was actually based on that. Uh, oh, yeah. There's yeah. a book actually um, by Peter David called, I think it's called Q Squared, and it actually yeah. has mm-hmm. one of my favorite like monolog y void in the beginning intros ever um i actually did that as a monologue for a a high school drama class once but that one does actually directly reference tremaine as a cue yeah and then there's plato's stepchildren but are they supposed to be the actual greek gods i think they're supposed to be aliens who came to earth and acted like and acted like the greek gods yeah you're right that is a real theme in the original series yeah like they do it a lot where like like things beyond yeah, humanity. Things beyond humanity. And I mean and that is the underlying theme of Star Trek in general. It's like this is you, this is what you could be. And it's sort of we get a lot of you're right, like over and over again we get these themes of like transcendence and, and evolution and, and rising above and, and mm. but, changing. Yeah, but that, that transcendence doesn't always equal not always good. Like perfect or idealized. Yeah. Sometimes right. you're a beluga brain. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Um should they have stabbed Charles in the heart when he first showed up? Immediately? Well, once they're like, oh, the turkey, the turkeys are real. They probably should have tried to, like, knock him out sooner. Yeah, they should have tried to sedate him. Like, I don't remember what, they, yeah. They're but they spent a lot flags. of, somebody should have invented hy- uh, like, um, hyposprays a lot faster. <laughs> well, they have hyposprays. In the series. They're just not as... Yeah, we haven't seen them yet. Size. This is only like the third episode. Yeah, so. that's true. Second think, episode that was aired. Yeah, I think they spend a lot of time excusing his behavior because he's a child. Yeah, and, and that, but there's some weird shit. Yeah, going but what's down. weird if you live on a spaceship? Yeah, well, People losing their voice and loot stopping working. <laughs> there, but that's, dude, that's but my bar. To be fair, I was very happy that the music <laughs> stopped and we could move on with our lives. I think on the scale of the, like, the things that he does, that is the least scary, creepy thing he does. Um, but. I think I think well, for one thing the narrative needed needed those things to be excused and a lot of a couple of places that's really obvious like the loot and the voice thing the narrative has a much to answer yeah, for yeah but in another it's like he's a child and they're letting a lot of stuff go it's like oh he's got a crush oh he's just a kid oh but he's I think a teenager his behavior, yes yeah. the weird stuff that oh, starts yeah. happening nope yeah they needed nope. to question that like that was they need because, to have regular staff meetings. Yeah, and because yeah. there was nothing else going on in the episode, it yeah. just felt yeah. drawn out and long and I, that's, stupid. Yeah. That's it, the made, thing. it made all the crew members look dumb. I think if we'd had a B-plot, that would have stood out less. Maybe if everyone was busy like Doing participating anything. in the t- poker tournament in the mm-hmm. rec room, mm-hmm. too busy to have the conversation of, hey, uh, so... Uh, 
the rec room today. But because there's only sound stopped working. But because um, there's only an A plot, it's much more noticeable. Yeah, that's true. Better pilot than Salt Vampire. No. Or not. If you had to choose between those two episodes, because they had the first six and they had to choose one to be the pilot, to be the first aired episode. Oh, man. Oh, that's a good question. Uh, I think this one, I would have picked as a pilot. Really? Yeah, I think I would have. It had, uh, I think the morality lessons were a lot clearer, and I think it was it was a, a ship episode, which I think it needed. It really introduced sort of the command structure of the ship a lot more, I think, and I felt like you got more of the characters. And I mean, cut out the singing, <laughs> leave all the rest of the rec room stuff of them, like, hanging out and uh, being friends. More gym scenes, please. Yeah, but I think this was more of a better introduction to the crew and the ship than the man trap. Huh. I think. Hmm. Alright. No. No. Are you I, just letting your hate... Or no, you like this episode. I do like this episode, but I think, I mean, the fact that it was only one plot, like there's no B-plot, it doesn't feel like it has a lot of depth. It's a very narrow story. Like, it's a straight line. Yes. I also don't feel like... What I want out of a pilot is I want to meet everybody, which I think uh, Salt Monster episode did perfectly well. Yeah. At least for my for my needs. Um, and I want to be situated in the universe, and I actually feel like the other episode did... A better job of that man trap did a better job of telling us what this world looks like than Charlie X and I mean Kim's right that uh, man trap needed more stuff on the ship mm-hmm. but I think that man trap gave us more information about the world at large mm. not just like this one little story happening on this one ship so I, I felt like this one would have felt a bit shallow as a pilot okay um, I hate this episode with every single atom in my existence, so no, I don't want this as a pilot. I don't like this episode. But you think it's better as a pilot? I think it I think that where the Mantrap succeeds, where this fails, is yes, okay, you get the ship stuff, you get the commands, but with the Mantrap, you get the ship and you get the world. You yeah. get, okay, we're going to different planets and weird, wacky things are going to happen on these planets that are going to affect our main crew, of whom we meet a lot more. Like, I think we get more character beats There's more characters. Sulu. We get, um, Jen, this is really heavy on Janice Rand. Jan- I love Janice well, she's Rand. A she's member. amazing. She is very good. Which which brings me to my episode performance, uh, my, my question, sorry. Let me edit that out. Uh, which brings me to my question, best performance of the episode, Kim. Oh, I love Janice Rand. She's amazing. She's got... I actually, at one point, wrote down in my notes, she has great facial expressions, and she does a lot of good stuff with her face of showing her emotions, and I just think overall, I loved her the most in this episode, and I loved her performance. She's very human. It's yeah. very easy to empathize with her, especially when that guy's creeping on her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kim? Other Kim? Kim? <laughs> Try again. What's her face? Uh... I actually think I, I really love Janice in this episode. I do, but that scene with the little lecture about consent and treating people right that Kurt gives is one of my favorite things in the original series. Not the shirtless leggings. That is all. That is all. That is also good. So I, I'm actually going to say Kirk. I am torn between giving best and worst performance to Robert Walker, who played Charlie. Yeah. I would support that as a second choice for best and worst. <laughs> best but we need to give him best and worst. Yeah, like in some 
in his last monologue on the ship where he's going from kind of crew member to mm. crew member begging you don't understand what it's like being with them let me stay 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 mm. I was moved it was very affecting. I was moved um he is very good at having a face that you would like to destroy Punch. with your fists mm. um and some of his choices I do not agree with but I don't know how much of that is how much I hate the character and the writing and the way it was shot versus his performance I actually think his performance as an outsider was really good. Oh yeah, and you said all that that he that Yeah, the, the, actor. the actor was very method, so when he came on set he distanced he told the other actors, you know, I'm gonna distance myself, I'm not really gonna interact with you so that when I show up there I'm going to be different from you, I'm going to be other from you. Which I thought really came, came across yeah. well. Like he is believably um, puzzled by the behavior of others. He's believably excited to see other humans. He's believably in wanting affection from other people. He is not believably 17. No. No, and so I, he gets he gets both because I can't separate how much I hate the character from the actual performance. Uh, life lessons to take away from this. Teenagers are dicks. Yeah. Thirded. But secondarily, uh, you can't always get what you want. And you can't make anyone love you. Yeah. Because other people's feelings matter just as much as yours. Even if you give them a pink rose. <laughs> I also think there was lessons in there um, about uh, throwing someone into a new culture. Mm. And you can't, if you, you're giving someone a new culture that they don't understand and they're trying to understand it but not getting it right because they haven't grown up with the signals and the you can't blame them for yeah. it. It's not their fault. Yeah. And you have to be forgiving and lenient and help people. Though admittedly that forgiveness is a lot easier to grant when the person in question doesn't have evil powers. Yeah. Yeah. Would you recommend that people watch this? Yeah. Really? This is one of my favorite episodes of original series. Just because of the, the incredibly strong messages that they are really, really determined to deliver in this episode. I think they give a very, very smart delivery of you can't behave this way. Behaving this way is wrong. I can't believe we're friends. <laughs> I would not recommend somebody watch this episode if they like themselves. <laughs> but I would recommend that you go online and find a recap to read or a podcast where people talk about it and you don't actually have to be subjected to it. Such as Not So Much the Neutral Zone. <laughs> and go and yes. find yourself a gift set of that speech that Kurt gives to Charlie. It's a good speech. Yeah. It's a very or good speech. Or just like watch the Janice Rand clip set on um, that I'm sure exists somewhere yes. on YouTube. There are definitely clips. Like there's parts of the episode that are worthwhile. Yeah. But it's just it's the longest fifty minutes. Oh my god. It's so long. It is very long. <laughs> but I would recommend seeing it she said slowly and with great deliberation despite the fact that I hate it so much there is some really good shirtless sweaty man wrestling <laughs> and definitely some Kirk Fu that I enjoyed watching as well as I think it's really nice when Janice Rand gets her own bits well I think she's a mm -hmm. cast member I think that's why she gets brought back to the bridge instead of just reappearing somewhere else in the ship is because well, she's a cast member. We yeah. need to make sure everybody knows Did she's she okay. Did she always stay a cast member? No. No, she left it. She was like a main cast member for the first season, and that's when she leaves is when they bring in... I don't. Is there any overlap between her and Chapel? A little bit, I think. Because I think they, brought, they bring Probably. in Nurse Chapel as like the second female crew member. Now, she has a memoir out that I think I will track down 
Oh, yeah. Will you read that for us? I will read that for you, yes. Oh, thank so you. So we keep you around. Yeah. But, I mean, once she's gone, like, nobody forgets about her. And she's Ooh. actually, do you know she shows up in an episode of Voyager? Really? Yes. Yep. There's, um, there's an episode where we do a flashback to two because Tuvok does two stints in Starfleet. He, yeah. And he serves in his, one of his first things is he is on the bridge under Captain Sulu. Oh. And I believe the first officer of that ship is Commander Rand. Yeah. I'm so happy for us. I'm so sorry for the actress, though. It yeah. really seems like all the behind stuff that you get from the women is that it was not a good set to be on. Yeah. So speaking of issues, my, my count for ladies appearing yeah. on screen, uh, I have 12. <gasps> uh, individual unique ladies. Nice. Including Janice and uh, Uhura. Poor Tina. Uh, one lady in pants. Tragically Tina. Poor lady with uh, no face. Mm, no face. And, uh, three... Oh, that was creepy, the yeah. no face. Ugh. Yeah. And uh, three people of color, including Uhura. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, body count is 20. 20. 20, that entire ship. But off screen. Yeah. <laughs> Still dead. <laughs> I think we're just counting everything within the body of the episode. Yeah. So yeah. Um, unfortunately, aliens cannot bring them back. Got them too late. Maybe there's like a buffer. Yeah, I feel like it's the 20 files. minutes they can do. Yeah. Sorry, it was in the recycle bin too long. Okay, they were no, automatically no, no. deleted. Here's the thing. I feel like. Everybody on the Enterprise was just like magic eye disappeared, whereas right. the the ship actually exploded because oh, he ma- yeah. he talks about he magic disappeared a broken piece of equipment uh-huh. and that caused the ship to explode. So they weren't just on a different like magic yeah. eye dimension. Yeah, because they're actually dead, so they can't be brought back. Because Kirk at one point, I think he's asking about Janice. He says, "Is she dead? Did you kill her?" And he's like, "I'm not going to tell you." I don't want to slap him real hard. Oh, yeah. God. Just he's so dumb. I hate him. Uh, all right. Um, have we said all? Have we made our peace with this? That depends. Do you have any more questions? I have no more questions for this episode. Well, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I have a question. Okay, Cam. Am I ever gonna have to watch this episode again? No, Cam. We are done with this episode forever. Thank you, Lord. And that has been not so much the neutral zone. Uh, farewell. Bye. See you next time. <laughs>